We're in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're actually close to the end. We're, we're making our way to the final greeting remarks uh, from the Apostle Paul himself as he gets ready to close out this giant book in the Bible. It's a small book, but it's a theological giant called Ephesians. Ephesians. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Let's see. Let's go ahead and jump in. Ephesians 6, verses 19 through 20. That's where we're going to land today. Ephesians 6, 19 through 20. And we'll recap a little bit of what Pastor Vernon preached on last week and then jump right into the text today. It says, and also, for me, it says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, verse 19 says, and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the gospel. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that God, as now we open up your word, I pray you'd speak to us directly from your word, that God, everybody in this room and everybody online would receive a word from your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us. Come on, everybody, right now, just make that your prayer. Say, Lord, speak to me. Do it again. Say, no, for real, Lord, speak to me. God, we really want to hear from you today, and we believe we will as we look at your word now. Thank you for all the kids jumping up and playing. God, we pray that they would encounter you and hear a word from your word as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I want to preach a message to you today from the subject I'm titling, There's Power in Your Placement. There's Power in Your Placement. I really believe that there's power in your placement, that the place that God has put you is actually a place of power. I, I, love, I love doing dialogues, not just my monologue, right? So you guys can talk back to me, and you can talk to each other a little bit. So even right now, look at the person next to you. Again, just come on, keep encouraging them, especially if you don't know and Be like, yo, there's power in your placement. Now hit the other side. Be like, yo, you too. I didn't forget about you. I didn't forget about you. There's power in your placement. There's power in your placement online. There's power in your placement. Go, you speak it to yourself right now. Say, there's power in my placement. There's power in my placement. The introverts, y'all are struggling right now. I'm, I'm helping you bust through that, all right? There's power in my placement. I want to remind you even right now at this moment, at this very moment, right, in, in the Apostle Paul's life, um, he is in prison, right? He's in jail. He is chained to some type of post or some type of Roman guard, right? And here he is in prison. And what's on the Apostle Paul's heart? The local church, right? Paul, in this moment, while he's chained up in Rome in prison, he's thinking about the church in Ephesus. And by God's grace, the Lord allows him in some type of way to get a, a scroll of some sort and some type of, I envision it to be one of those feathery pens, but whatever it was, he was able to scribe down this letter to the Ephesians. And he begins to write this letter and he is reminding them that there's power in their placement. 
Over the last two weeks, we've been really focusing in on the subject of prayer. Um, I preached on Mother's Day a message that I talked about how to have persistent faith. And the only way to have persistent faith is to be persistent in prayer. Right? Not to be inconsistent with prayer. That won't help your faith. But to be persistent in prayer will actually boost your faith. Last week, Vernon talked about having spirit-led prayer. To not just, being, just, not, not just praying prayers, but actually inviting the Holy Spirit into your prayers. Praying with truth. Praying with encouragement. Praying focused prayers. Praying prayers in the car. Amen? Praying prayers in the closet. Praying spirit-led prayers. I want to introduce you to a new form, or at least a different form of prayer, in this text that we visit. And that's called intercessory prayer. Paul is talking about intercessory prayer in this text, and it's a beautiful form of prayer. Intercessory prayer is when you say, you know what, I'm going to actually pray for somebody else. I like how Richard Halverson says it, a famed Presbyterian preacher. He once said, intercession is the truly universal work for the Christian. No place is closed to intercessory prayer, amen? No continent, no nation. No city, no organization, no office, no power on earth can keep intercessors out. The Apostle Paul here is saying, check this out. I need y'all to pray for me. The Apostle Paul here in chains, he's chained to something, a post, or some type of big, bad Roman soldier. Right? Some scholars believe the Apostle Paul wrote about the armor of God because he was chained to some type of armed soldier and he said, you know what, I'm gonna use your outfit as a metaphor for how we should walk. The Apostle Paul here says, check this out, walk church. While you guys are praying persistent prayers, while you guys are praying spirit-led prayers, don't forget to pray for me. Pray intercessory prayers. Let's look at verse 19, he says, and pray also for me. I love how Oswald Chambers says it, great devotional writer. He says, the real business of your life as a saved soul is intercessory prayer. That there's actually a business to this thing. The business for us, the thing that we should be busy with is intercessory prayer. So in our persistent prayer, in our diligent spirit-led prayer, ask the Holy Spirit, who should I be praying for today? I love how Paul says, hey, while I'm in prison, while I'm in jail, don't forget about me. Pray for me, amen? Paul says, hey, don't gossip about me. Pray for me, amen? Paul says, I don't need you to give up on me. I need you to pray for me. Paul says, I don't need you to have pity on me. I need y'all to pray for me. He says, check this out. I don't need you to just think about me like, hey, Paul, I'm going to keep you in my thoughts. He says, what is that going to do? I need you to pray for me. Paul believes that, hey, listen, if you pray for me, it could change everything. Paul's saying, hey, there's power in my placement, pray for me. I believe there's something that we can learn today from this text and we can apply it to our lives and everybody else in our church and in our city that there's power in our placement and there's power in the prayers that we pray. So Paul says, pray for me, 
And then he takes us into the content of the prayer request. So Paul is saying, don't just pray aimless prayers. No, no, pray very focused prayers, very specific prayers. Are you ready for the content of the prayer? All right, two of y'all, okay, great. If you're ready online, help me out. Come on, just type in, I'm ready right now. Here's the content of the prayer. Let's look at verse 19 again with me. He says, pray also for me that words may be given to me. Paul says, pray that the Holy Spirit would give me the right words, spirit-led words. I think that this is a powerful prayer to pray for yourself. It's a powerful prayer to pray for somebody else. That, that you would wake up, you'd get in your car, you'd get out of your bed, you'd, get, you'd lay in your bed and just say, Lord, today give me the right words. Amen? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody else like me just continuously say the wrong thing? Any other husbands in the room? Come on, somebody. Y'all making me feel alone up here. Okay. Spirit-led words. What a prayer. Paul says, I don't want to just say any old word. I, I want to say the right words. I don't want to just speak from my own intellect. I don't want to speak from my own insight. I don't want to speak when my flesh says speak. I want the right words from God. I need a Holy Spirit-led words. The, this text, Ephesians six nineteen, in the NLT translation, the New Living says, ask God to give me the right words. I felt like God was taking me deeper as I was studying for this sermon into the power of words. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? The, that, that the words that we speak carry much weight. That when we speak, things happen. That when we speak, especially spirit-led words, God himself could communicate through you. Paul is under the realization that while he's in prison, there's power in his placement, and if God gives him the right words, things can change. Paul says, don't pray for me to be released. Oh, man. Pray for me to have the right words. Paul is less concerned with his liberation. He's more concerned with his proclamation. Paul is less concerned with, I need to get out of here, and more concerned with, I'm in here. I have power where God has placed me. I need to step in. Jesus tells us in Mark 13, what a powerful passage. I leaned in on some of these passages recently as our church is in the process of taking a next step with a piece of land and a future home and we love the warehouse, but it can't be always at the warehouse. I'm just saying. Can anybody amen? Right? Uh, we're, we're going somewhere. Hold on to the rope. Hold on to the roller coaster. It's awesome. Praise the Lord. But I had some big meetings recently. Even at the Hall of Fame last week, I was in, introduced to some high-profile people, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, give me the right words. Jesus says, look, when they bring you into trial and deliver you over, don't be anxious beforehand what you are to say. Wow. But say whatever is given to you in that hour. Hopefully you have people praying for you. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, hey, when you get in a moment where, you're, where you have to speak, be prayed up and don't be anxious. The Holy Spirit's already there. He's going to give you the right words to speak. Jesus knows that our words are important. The Holy Spirit 
is a spirit of words. The Bible is a book full of words, amen? God is concerned with our words. Jesus tells us in John, in the beginning was the word, and then this word became, Jesus himself is the word. That's why it's a powerful prayer request for Paul to say, hey, ask God to give me the words to speak. I wanna speak wise, because if I don't, I could do some major damage, or if I do, I could actually bring some major life. I love how Solomon says in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 18, verse 21. Come on, read this with me off the screen, ready? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Here's what the author is saying here. He's saying, literally, you could kill somebody with your words, or you can raise somebody up with your words. Whoever made up this foolish lie needs to repent. Some of y'all know it. You ready? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never lie. Your words will destroy somebody. Your words won't just hurt somebody, they'll kill somebody. I like how the NLT says it. It says, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Right? Your words are a big deal. Your words have the power to even bring somebody back to life, give somebody a cheerful spirit, or tear somebody right down. And another proverb. I love to just lean into the Proverbs. I was reading the proverb this morning. It was speaking to me just about words. Proverbs 12, verse 18 says, There's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. That just sounds dangerous, all right? But the tongue of the wise brings healing. You gotta even ask yourself, am I healing people with my words or am I stabbing people with my words? I'm gonna challenge somebody right now. You might have to go do a quick scroll down of your social media. Anybody getting healed off this or are people just getting stabbed off this? If you're doing more stabbing than healing, you probably need to pray for your words and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to speak? No, 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 what do you want to speak through me? What if God wants to speak through you? Amen? No, no, I'm tripping. It's not what if, he does want to speak through you. Amen? God wants to deliver something to your coworker. God wants to deliver something to people who are in and out of your life in your placement. And there's power in your words. Paul wraps up the book of Colossians, Colossians 4, verse 6. He says, let your speech always be gracious. This is convicting, Jeremiah. I'm like, man, let your speech, everybody say always. always. So, so you might be right, but just make sure you're still gracious in your rightness. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Give it a little flavor too, okay? Salt was there to preserve. Are your conversations preservatives? Or are your conversations toxic, molded, no preserving? They lack flavor. They lack life. They lack color. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That's a big deal right there. So that when somebody's speaking to you, when the, the jailer says, hey, Paul, tell me about your faith. You actually know what to say. Paul says, 
at that moment, I need the right words. I need the Holy Spirit to know and to tell and to give me what I ought to say and how I ought to answer each person. It's important, the words that we speak. It's important. Proverbs 29, verse 20 in the NLT says it like this. There's more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Is this helpful to anybody? Or is this just me? Right? I relate to Peter in the Bible a lot. A lot of boldness and energy, but not a lot of thinking often. <laughs> right? I'm so grateful that my wife Nina is more mind than heart. <laughs> not that she's, right? But we can either love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, strength. Some people are very soul. Some people are very strong. Some people are great thinkers. Some people are much heart. Right? I tend, mind is one of my lower attributes. So I need this verse. There's more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks but doesn't think about it first. You ever heard somebody say, think before you speak? I'm going to give you one better. Pray before you speak. Come on, Manu, right? That you should take a moment and say, hey, God, what do you want me to say right now? And just take a moment to listen. Somebody says something crazy to you. Somebody says something hateful to you. Somebody says something dishonoring to you. And just say, in your mind, Holy Spirit, give me the right words to speak right now. Lord, what do you want me to say right now? There has been many of times, can I confess something? There have been many a times where I really was convinced I knew what to say. And I could sense the Holy Spirit in my spirit say, don't say that. And it was so hard for me to listen, but I'm so glad I did. Then there's been times where I was ready to say something and the Holy Spirit said, don't say that. And I just tried to say it before the Holy Spirit could tell me that. And then I regretted it every single time. This wisdom could help you. Paul says, while I'm in chains, pray for me that the right words would be given to me. Pray before you speak. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to this person right now? It could be something that's not on your radar at all. The Holy Spirit might say, I want you to take this, take this conversation here. Then it, it's the question, will you do it? Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. But only, everybody say only. Come on, a little bit louder. A little bit louder. We all about to hold each other accountable, right? Because we all said only. Such is good for building up. As fits the occasion. Paul says, there's different occasions you have to be discerning of, of when to say this and when to say that. That it may give grace to those who hear. I need to start making this my prayer every morning. God, give me some words today that somebody would feel your grace because of what I spoke. God, I pray that my wife would sense your grace because of the words you've given me. 
I pray that my kids would sense your grace. I would even know what to do, what, what to fit the occasion, because you gave me the right words, because I know my words have the power of life and the power of death. I pray for my coworkers. I pray for the person I go to coffee with. Like, don't just jump into your meeting. Start it with prayer. Say, Lord, give us the right words today. Help us not to say the things we don't need to say. Help us to say exactly what we do need to say. Because then there'll be grace for those who hear. It'll be good for building up. I know that I just benefit when somebody builds me up. I found that other people are encouraged when they get built up. Everybody has the love language of build me up. Power. Ask somebody their name. The, the, uh, every person's most popular word is their name. It's powerful. Church, I want to I commission you to go find somebody before the end of this service and ask them, hey, what's your name? And it's okay if you say, I know I already forgot, but just tell me again. I want to build you up. I want to give you grace. I'll, God, should I send this text or should I reword it? Should I send this emoji? Should I hit post on this tweet? There's power, amen, in your, in your words. As we continue, I want to show you that not only does Paul pray for spirit-led words, Paul prays for spirit-empowered boldness. Because the Holy Spirit might give you the words to speak, but you might not have the boldness to speak it. Paul realized, I mean, we can relate to the Apostle Paul here. Look back at verse 19 with me. He says, also for me that the words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Paul says, when I speak and the Holy Spirit gives me the right words to speak, friend, I need a boldness. Church, look, look at me. May it never be that the Holy Spirit gives us the words and we don't have the boldness to speak it. And at the same time, may it never be that we have the boldness to speak it, but lack the right words. What a prayer that Paul's praying here. Right? Pastor Mike and I recently had a, a, a meetup, a dinner meetup with a friend of ours, and he had the opportunity to have dinner with Michael Jordan. We were like, bro, what? How was that? And he's like, man, I was so pumped. I was so ready. And then MJ sat down. And he greeted us, and I just said. <laughs> and they were like, hey, man, say something, bro. And he said, it's the first time in my life I just never had anything in this. It's like someone took me away. <laughs> right? Like, this, this, like, come on, have the right word. We need the right words and the right boldness, amen? Right? And Paul's saying, in my ministry, because there's power where God's placed me, I need the right words, I need the right level of boldness to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. The, the word boldly here, I looked it up in the dictionary, the word boldly means to have a confident and courageous way, showing a willingness to take risks. Boldness says, you know what? God's given me the words, I know what to say. And it's gonna be risky. And I'm going to need courage to do this. To be able to step in and say the right words at the right time, the right way with a spirit of boldness is what Paul is praying for. The NIV translation 
translates this. It says, instead of using the word boldly, he says fearlessly. Pray also for me that wherever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul's saying, when I speak, I need to be fearless. I love that song we just sang. I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. So I'm going to speak boldly because I know who my father is. I'm going to speak boldly because I know where I'm going eternally. I'm going to speak boldly because the Holy Spirit gave me the words to speak in the first place, and he knows more than I do. So I'm not going to allow fear to hold me back. I'm going to speak boldly. What is he speaking? It's in the text. He says, and also pray for me that the words may be given to me and opening my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Paul says, I'm going to proclaim this gospel for many of the Ephesians, just like for many of the Las Vegans. It, it, you can't say Las Vegans because that could offend people. <laughs> the, the Las Vegans in the Ephesians, the gospel is very mysterious. I mean, if you look in the Old Testament, how God is going to save the world is very mysterious. It was for Paul. Paul had to get knocked down by a bright light and Jesus had to speak audibly to him in order for Paul to understand the mystery. The mystery that God would love sinners so much that he would actually step down from heaven in the form of his son, live the sinless life that we could never live, born of a virgin, that's mysterious, then be crucified. You're supposed to be the king of kings, the lord of lords. You're the Messiah who's come to save the day and now you're on a cross. That's mysterious. Now you're up from the grave. This is powerful. What a story. I mean, you can watch any of the Disney superhero stories. <coughs> I got one better. Let me tell you about the, the king who came to save the people who had messed it up who sacrificed his life because he loved his bride so much and then came back from the dead to save them and is coming again, is with them today. This story is filled with all types of passion and drama and scandal and Jesus is in the middle of it, amen? And to proclaim this mysterious gospel, some people are gonna be like, man, like I don't know if I get it. And that's why Paul says, I know that's why we need to pray for the right words at the right time and how to, how to communicate it creatively. I believe that the message of the gospel never changes, but the methods of how we share the gospel are all types of creative. I've seen people share the gospel through a Rubik's Cube, through a wristband, through a Frisbee, right? Through, you know, but you gotta, you gotta use your words. That's why Paul says he starts with words, I had the opportunity to share the gospel in India through one of my wristbands, right? And I think that we should all be recognizing, hear me, church, that there's power in our placement for the purpose of gospel advancement, that God wants to advance the mysterious gospel. The word gospel, by definition, means good news. Y'all know that, right? It means good news. I think some people preach the gospel like it's bad news. 
like, oh, all right, I'm, you know, I'm just going to share this with you. And it's just so boring. It's just like, it's going to be really bad. Who wants to give their life to that? Right? Like, share the full, beautiful, powerful gospel. A gospel that does require risk. But, man, I'm ready for a risk. A, a gospel that does require boldness. A gospel that actually can save you from your sins. A gospel that can actually help you in your addiction. A gospel that can reconcile your marriage. A gospel that can convict you of sin and at the same time comfort you that you can be forgiven. Like a big mist. How? I know. That's the gospel. And Paul says, proclaim that. I need to proclaim that while I'm in prison. I might not be here much longer. I only have so much opportunity. There's power in my placement. Paul continues in verse 20. He says, for which I'm an ambassador in chains. I love this right here. And I'm almost done. I don't want us to miss this part in verse 20. He says, like, I just know myself. I'm not at Apostle Paul level yet. I'm growing. Ultimately, I'm growing past Paul. I'm growing into the image of Christ himself. If you struggle with conviction and why is, why is Christ so hard on you? Like, hey, you need to stop doing that. You need to say this. You need, it's because he's making you more like him. He's chopping the spiritual fat off you every day. And yeah, it hurts a little bit. It's the best thing for you. He's making you the best version of you, which is in his image. And he says, he says here, I'm an ambassador in chains. I think if it was me, I would be like, man, like, yo, I'm a struggler in chains. I like, did God miss it? Am I walking in my calling? I don't know if I would see my placement as powerful. Paul says, look, I'm an ambassador in these chains. Don't pray me out of here. Some of y'all prayed me into here. How else was I going to reach this dude? Right? Like Paul really sees his placement as a place of power. It, it, this, this verse messed me up. I didn't even know really what an ambassador was. An ambassador, by definition, is an accredited diplomat sent by a country, heaven, as its official representative to a foreign country, earth. God himself looked at Jesus and said, all right, I want you to be the ambassador for me and for our whole heavenly society on earth as it is in heaven. You're the ambassador. That means you even got to take it to the prison. And Jesus is like, all right, let's run it. And we're continuing that mission an ambassador is an authorized representative or messenger. Paul says, look, I'm in chains, but I'm on duty. I, in fact, let me ask you this. Is Paul chained to the guard or is the guard chained to Paul? Right, what's happening here, right? Paul says, I'm actually in authority right now. Paul says, I'm in prison, but I'm actually leading this thing. My God knows when I should go out. My God knows when I should go in. In fact, Peter in Acts chapter 12, while there was a prayer meeting happening in the upper room, it says it was that night that an angel showed up at the prison cell, literally opened the cell, walked Peter out, put a cloak, invisible cloak on him, walked him right back to the prayer meeting. And then Peter knocked on the door and they were like, shook, like who is it? Peter says, it's me. And the little girl that answered the door said, I'm not answering that. <laughs> this, is a, this is a trick. 
right? And they were like, whoa, our prayers worked, right? The point is, God is in control. Paul's not worried about it. He's got such a boldness that he doesn't see his placement as a place of pity. He sees his placement as a place of power. All that to say, wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever you play, wherever you do hobbies, whatever coffee shop you frequent the most, there's power in your placement. You have to realize the neighborhood you drive into is not the neighborhood by accident. It's where God's placed you. The job that you're currently in, though you may hate it, is not the job you're in by accident. It's where God has placed you. When you start to see your life like an ambassador, things might change in your mentality. You may go to work different. I'm an ambassador when I step in the room. I'm an authorized representative of heaven. My goodness. I'm actually an accredited diplomat from Jesus Christ himself. I have something to bring. I have a word to share. Now you have to know how you ought to speak. There's going to be moments when you need to go full in on a gospel. There's going to be moments where you just need to plant a seed. There's going to be moments where you're like, this is a good moment to invite somebody to church. Like, I'm even going to have a quick boastful moment in myself. I'm I'm, going to try not to make it prideful, but it already kind of sounds prideful. But I had this moment with Nina. We we did a date night on Friday night. We, We invited the lady who was serving us there at the restaurant. She did a great job. And we went for the invite card moment, and I was out of invite cards. We ended up finding one. But I was like, man, I've been giving these joints out all week. I think I gave someone, Ray, I think I invited somebody in Boston. I was like, yo, come to church, man. Come to church online. I hope you're on right now from Boston, right? Come on. Get a a phone case full of invite cards, a pocket full of invite cards, because God may use you in a moment to say, I'd love for you to sit with me at church. I'd love to take you to coffee. I'd love to invest in you. I'd love for you to invest in me. I'd love to get to know your story, get to know your name. I'm an ambassador from heaven. I don't know how long I'll be here. I'm actually going to go there one day. Whenever God says it's time, that's where I'm heading. I'd love for you to come with me. I know how to get there. I can give you the directions. Here's the mysterious gospel. You have to recognize that you're a sinner that's in desperate need of a savior but there's a savior. Like you're going to die and go to hell. But you don't have to. Because our God came down from heaven to die for you. And to bridge the gap that would have sent you to hell. And paid for all of your sins. He is the perfect propitiation. He is the atonement. The sacrifice for all your sins. So if you would by faith receive him today, you don't need to have, spend any money. You just have to spend faith. You gotta tap into the faith he's given you already. Put your faith in him. Don't go back to the sins you once lived in because those things were only hurting you anyway. And turn to Jesus and then you get an ambassador card and take this gospel to wherever you live, work and play. You're a gospel carrier. Come on, look at the person next to you and say, you my friend are a gospel carrier. 
this side of the room, y'all, you guys are gospel carriers. You guys are God. Come on, Sean, you're a gospel carrier, right? You're, you're a gospel carrier, you guys. I've seen, Terry, you carry the gospel to Zambia. You carry it. You carry it on the airplane with you. I'm a gospel carrier. You guys are gospel carriers. Gospel carriers. Hey, kids, you guys are gospel carriers. You guys are gospel carriers. Online. You're a gospel carrier. Right? Don't just carry your own stuff. Carry the gospel. Carry good news. I want to do something, and, and I'm closing my Bible because I'm, clo- I'm done. I'm done like this. We're going to pick it up next week, all right? And there's a lot more to eat from as we get ready to close Ephesians 6. But here's what I want us to do right now. Underneath your chair or in the back seat pocket is a, is a card, and it says gospel carrier on it. I want you to grab one of those right now. I want you to grab a gospel carrier card. And um, grab this card and grab a pen, all right? I want us to do something right now as a, as a family. And, and I love how Teddy and Kehlani said it. If this is your first time here at Walk Church, we don't want anything from you. We want this to be for you. We're so glad you came. We hope you come back. We hope that you make Walk Church your home church. We'd love to walk with you and be ambassadors together. But here's what I want to do right now. I want us to look at this card, and I want you to fill it out. And I'll show you the back of it right here on the screen. If you wouldn't mind, no pressure on any of this, by the way, but if you wouldn't mind, give us your name. If you want to give us your address, you can. If you don't, can you just put the party, part of the city you reside in? So for example, if you're in Henderson or South Las Vegas or North Las Vegas or Summerlin or Inspirata or Centennial Hills. I love that we're a city church, Green Valley. Like, I love neighborhood churches, too. I'm just grateful that our church, there's people from all around the city that are here, people from different parts of the nation that are here. Then I want you to put your occupation where you work, where you go to school. I see some educators here, maybe right the school that you work at, the bank that you work at, the restaurant that you work at. Sorry if some of our pens are, 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 this is our first time we were able to put our pens back. They've been waiting to be used. Amen? Lord, help the pens work. So put your occupation. Come on, if you're a stay-at-home parent, put that there, powerful and valuable occupation. If you're a stay-at-home spouse, powerful, put that there. If you, go to, if you go to school, if you go to high school, put that there. And then I want you to put your domain. The domain that encompasses where you work. A domain, by definition, is a space you have influence in. So maybe you have influence in the education domain or in the hotel and hospitality domain or in the athletic domain, medical, real estate, construction, the sneaker domain. Come on, B. It could be the hip-hop domain. It could be, there's all types of domains. Vashanya, the worship domain. There's, there's, a, there's, there's domains all around the city. There's gamer domains. There's the Vegas Golden Knights domain. <laughs> shout out, shout out to the Knights. <laughs> what, maybe it's construction. Maybe it's landscape. Maybe it's closing loans. 
Maybe it's online. I want you to write your domain. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna collect all of these gospel carrier cards and next week we're gonna show up with a map here and we're gonna just see where all the gospel carriers do life in the city. I'm believing that there's little pins all over this valley just from Walk Church. But friend, you gotta see yourself as a gospel carrier. You can't just sit, you gotta pray to be a gospel carrier. You gotta wake up, Jesus. God did this for all of us today. Poof! I'm up. I'm up. I'm up! God, today, while I'm on mission, give me the right words and the right amount of boldness to declare the mysteries of the gospel. God, I cannot just live a surfaceable Christianity anymore. I'm on mission. I'm a diplomat from heaven. I'm an ambassador in chains. I'm an ambassador on the basketball court. I'm an ambassador at the bank. I'm an ambassador when I'm serving tables. I'm an ambassador when I'm closing loans. I'm an ambassador when I'm showing homes. I'm an ambassador in a golf cart. I'm an ambassador at a coffee shop. I'm an ambassador when I'm helping kids. I'm an ambassador when I'm, come on, what you fill in the blank right now. Lord, take us deeper. God, I pray if there's somebody here that hasn't received the gospel, that today they would receive the gospel, they'd never be the same again. They'd be changed. They'd be set free. They would be empowered by your Holy Spirit. They'd be saved. Right now, if that's you, and you, you showed up today, and this gospel is mysterious to you, you can be saved today. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, your words, that Jesus is Lord and Savior. If you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the grave and you repent of your sins, you turn away from your sins today, by faith, you'll be saved. If that's you online or if that's you right here in the room, just right now, just join me in this prayer. Feel free, everybody can pray it if you want. Just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you, save me, change me, heal me, fill me. I turn away from my past. I turn to my future in Christ. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'll never be the same again. Help me with my church family to walk this out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.